As a new nurse, there is so much to learn, which is why the nurse residency program with HCA Healthcare is such a great opportunity. HCA Healthcare's nurse residency program sets up newly graduated nurses for success with benefits like clear career pathways, student loan assistance, tuition reimbursement, and more. With HCA Healthcare, you get hands-on clinical experience while developing your critical thinking skills. Plus, you'll have support from experienced nurses and fellow nurse residents. For all you upcoming and recent grads, I highly recommend you check out careers.hcahealthcare.com slash residency. Again, that's careers.hcahealthcare.com slash residency. HCA Healthcare is an equal opportunity employer. Now on to the episode. Welcome to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume Rx, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth, all through the lens of nursing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. It's your host, Amanda Guarneri. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Casey Green, who is a registered nurse. And very interestingly, in July 2021, Casey became the 85th nurse ever to obtain all five emergency nursing certifications, uh, in addition to obtaining her CCRN certification. So Casey has many, many, many letters after her name, all well-deserved. And I first got introduced to Casey when this post of her obtaining all these certifications really went viral on LinkedIn. So in the interview, we'll really talk about her journey as a nurse, her experience getting all these certifications, the way she straddles emergency nursing and critical care nursing, because there is a little bit of a turf war in case you're not familiar. We kind of go into it all in this episode, as well as Casey's goals and dreams for the future as a thought leader in nursing. So I I am guarantee you're going to love this episode. Uh, I'm honored to have had the opportunity to meet and get to know Casey. So without further ado, please meet my guest, Casey Green. Hi, Casey. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to talk to you. We were, before we hit record, we were just laughing about how we have to do that thing where we say hello as if we weren't just talking before hitting record. Yeah. And then you forget and you're like, oh, we already said hi. Right. Hi again. (laughs) (laughs) It's always that awkward podcast moment. So for anyone who is listening and wonders, you know, do we really record as soon as we say hello? No, we say hi, and then we hit record and say hi again. Yeah, it's always the pleasantries before. (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, Casey, I'm excited to have you. And before we kind of dive into your story and I start asking you a bunch of questions, please introduce yourself in your own words, who you are and what you do. 
so I'm Casey. I also am like known either as Hey KCG, which is my Instagram, or Critical Care Casey, which is like the business that I created, I guess. I am a registered nurse and pretty much I'm a critical care nurse. So if it involves sick people in the ER, the ICU, transport nursing, pre-hospital, that's I'm your girl. I've been doing that for seven years, but various years of experience with everything. Awesome. And, you know, you and I, this is the first time we're actually getting to chat, you know, face to face. We've talked on the socials. And I think that the first time we met, quote unquote, is when I saw this, this post that really went viral, I think over on LinkedIn and in other places too, that you kind of have this unique thing about you in that you have a very large collection of certifications, right? So I'd love to hear more about, you know, your nursing journey, but also your, your certification journey, because I, it sounds like it probably all melds together in some respect. Oh yeah. I'll usually lead with the, like, I'm the 85th nurse to have all five board of emergency nursing certifications. But yeah, it's kind of surreal. It's like the uh, professional dream. Like if people ever thought that they were going to go viral on like TikTok or Instagram or something, it's like, no, no, I went viral on LinkedIn. (laughs) So one of our educators at Hopkins, she posted it. And then I got a call from Hopkins media people asking me if I could like, do you have a LinkedIn? And I said, yeah, I, yeah, but it's like, there's nothing on it. So then she said, can you put stuff on it and take that <laughs> post and repost it? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. And then I did not expect, I like told my husband, cause he's in nursing school. I was like, yeah, they want me to do this post. Okay, whatever. And then I came back a couple hours later and there were like thousands of people that liked it. And I think like, like, a, like, 700,000 people or something have like seen it. So that's kind of surreal. I never thought that I was going to go viral on anything. And just recently, like a post that I made went viral like again. And so like, I was just, I don't turn on my notifications for LinkedIn. So I was surprised when I saw that like thousands of people had seen something that I posted, but yeah, it's, it's a big deal to me because the whole purpose of it was to say like, you know, I went and did the certification journey, which seemed crazy. And people thought I was dumb when I did it. But then after everybody's like, oh, that's so awesome. But my nursing journey kind of that played a big role in it. Um, But I started in a med surge unit and then moved. I really, really, really liked all things critical care. And I kind of just wanted to go and experience everything. I wanted to do ER. I wanted to do trauma. I wanted to do ICU. I really wanted to do ground transport nursing. I wanted to do flight, but my mom put down her fist at that no <laughs> flight. Like I, being a, a volunteer firefighter was like enough for her. No flight. I said, okay, I can compromise on that. But I kind of had wanted to work in all those places. So I started working in all those areas. And then like in 2020, end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I thought like, okay, I've been a nurse for a minute. I should probably get certified in something like finally. And then the pandemic started and I was like, okay, (laughs) 
not going to happen now. Um, so I was studying like a crazy person and I kind of gave it up. But then I went back to studying because you couldn't do anything. So I had like flashcards that I was making while I was studying. And my husband had started the nursing program. And I said, like, OK, well, let's let's do it again. So I started out just taking like one or two and then it quickly became like, okay, I've studied for this test. I've studied for that test. I've studied for this one. So I kind of like went there with it. And then when the dust settled, like at the end of 2021, I had seven nursing certifications and I didn't think that I was going to pass all of them. So it was even nice, even more nice because I passed all of them, except for the CEN, I had taken that for the second time. Um, but the rest, I passed the first time. That is wild. And I didn't realize that this was kind of like a, a certification sprint that you did kind of like, I just assumed that, you know, you worked for a bit of time in one area, you took that certification. And then, you know, as you went to, had, as you had different experiences, I just assumed that you did different certifications, but even cooler that you, that you kind of did them in a, pretty short period of time. Yeah, I took four of them in April and I didn't (laughs) even realize that I did that. I had only started out, I was taking the transport nursing ground and taking the CEN again uh, or, and the CCR. And I started with the critical care registered nurse one in February. And after I passed that, I was like, okay, anything's possible now. So I just started adding to them. And then like, I, I was like, well, there's no time like the present. And I just kept <laughs> giving them. And then I took like a little break between July and then took the certified, um, the cardiac medicine certification I took in December. So I kind of knew that I wanted them all. There's still one more that I want, but I kind of knew that I wanted them all. So I was like, well, you know, why not? Right. Why not? So what's the master list at the moment? Of all of them? Yeah. So I have the CCRN, which is the critical care registered nurse. On that, I have the CMC, which is the cardiac medicine certification. It's a subspecialty um, with that. So I tacked it with a hyphen. And then I have the CTRN, which is the certified transport registered nurse. And then CFRN, which is the certified flight registered nurse which I took because we have, we do a lot of like transports where we meet people that are too sick to fly or flight conditions change. So we kind of have to be aware of that. So I said, well, why not take that one too? Um, And then I also have the certified emergency nurse, the CEN, TCRN, which all of these sound like the same acronym really, Um, (laughs) but that's the trauma um, registered, certified registered nurse, and then CPEN, which is certified pediatric emergency nurse. And then I also have NRP, which everybody thinks is neonatal resuscitation. It is not. It is the National Register Paramedic. Paramedic. Yes, I knew that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, I just wrote them all down. That is awesome. It is a whole list. I bet you have like a whole, you know, usually we talk about how to list the letters after your name on your resume and you probably have a whole, you know, a whole second line just for, <laughs> just yeah. for all the letters. Yeah. It's, there's so many. And then some people put dots and that just makes it even longer. And I'm like, don't put the dots. So <laughs> people get that it's an acronym guys. Like, you know, right? I'm pretty sure. I, I think I remember when I was in elementary school, 
when we abbreviated states, yeah. it, it used to be with dots. And then there was some sort of big movement where states no longer had to be abbreviated with dots. Or maybe that's just my recollection. But anyway, off on a tangent. So I want to know the areas where you've worked in, in terms of, in terms of your actual job, because I know that there's kind of like not a rivalry, but usually people say, okay, I'm either ICU or I'm either ER. So like, have you worked in both? What came first? What seems more aligned? Tell me your opinions about that. So there's definitely turf wars. Um, And I even... (laughs) did the thing that a lot of people like I have the three fur because I actually started on a med surge unit, like, you know, the stepchild unit. That was me. at first. <laughs> I worked in the med surge unit and then my unit closed when I was a new grad. So mm-hmm. I had floated between the ICU and the ER a couple of times because I was interested in both. And then they had like a turf war and the ER manager was like mine. Um, <laughs> and she took me and I went to the ER, which I loved. But I always thought that I was going to go to the ICU and then pick up in the ED. I quickly learned and I also worked. So I started in the ED, moved to the ICU. I worked in different ERs, but I've worked, I worked in a mixed ER first and then an adult ER, but, and like a couple mixed ERs. But then when I did ICU, I also did ICU and ER at the same time. And there's a lot of people who cross over to the dark side, as we say, and go between the both. It is always funny to me because I like to say you're either a type A or a type B. And I say I'm a type Ba. <laughs> I like fit right in the middle. Like I'm very meticulous and like tasky about like I'm very meticulous about like my rooms being clean, the patient like looking clean, like looking good, the ICU thing. But then at the same time, like I am the person who has to then clean up the room after they throw everything like the ER nurse. So it's like kind of my, my medium. And it's funny because transport nursing is the true like medium between the two. And that's actually my favorite place to work is I love doing, cause you're on an ambulance and you're taking people, you know, you don't have them. You only have them for the transport, but they're really, really sick. So it's like, I see you level of care with like emergency thinking because they're mm. sick enough to be going from one hospital to another. But I like both. But yes, it is definitely a turf war. There's definitely people, they're lovingly called ferns. Um, like people call us ferns. Like effing ER nurses. I don't, I don't like <laughs> people judge or they'll like people that don't know that I've worked in both areas. The hospital I worked at when I worked in both units, they were like cool, but other places are like, do you even know anything about the patient? And I'm like, right. I, I might've written it down on a piece of paper towel. Okay? But, but I wrote it down. Right here, okay? I even looked at their skin. Okay. So it is very much a middle ground, but yes, my favorite place. I feel like my mind, I like the chaos of ER with the like critical of, of the ICU, but it's not lost on me. When I worked in the ICU, I took a PRN ER job. Like when I switched to the ICU full-time because there's nothing like having somebody who's like, you know, they come in for, to us, absolutely nothing to them. It's a whole to do like you're paying at 3am and it's like, 
you kind of miss those people sometimes. So I think for me, I'm transport is like my middle ground between the two. I love that. Tell me more about transport, you know, specifically for our listeners who may not know that that's a thing. So kind of like, what's the daily, what's your typical day? And also, are you employed by the hospital or is it a third party company that's responsible for transportation? So there are a couple options. You can work through a hospital. There's like, there's a couple things with transport. So critical care, ground transport nursing, you can do, um, if you work in a hospital system, they call them the same thing. They sometimes split into rapid response and transport. So rapid response, transport nurses stay in the hospital. And if people have to go for procedures or tests and they're critically ill and need a nurse for transport, they will take them in the hospital. And then there's also nurses who do critical care transport from hospital to hospital. And while people can fly a lot of times, weather can ground flights, especially like I live in Maryland and we had a really serious trooper accident like 2003 or five. But since then, they are really, really serious about like grounding for bad weather. weather. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, Um, We'll do transports for people who are really, really ill. And basically it's just people, we take everything. So I work for a, um, I work for a third party company that has, they have like um, agreements with certain hospitals, but then also we get called if the larger systems are too busy. So during like COVID, we took a lot of people that the ordinary, like large institutions, their own team would take them from one hospital in the system to another. And we started doing those big transports. So we kind of do everything. Um, I am not picky about going anywhere in the state because I moved an hour away from where I used to live, but I was familiar, I'm familiar with all the hospitals that are there after working in them. So I just tell them like, just, I'm fine with going anywhere. But usually like a typical day, so we have two types of options. I can either sit at home and be on call. And it's like great, like people don't even know these are options like that you can work. But um, basically, I just I can either go into the office and I just sit and work on like continuing education stuff. Sometimes I'll work on looking at like um, reports from like EMS reports from other transports that people have been on. Usually it's like EMS reports um, for the regular like transports. And then if there's a call, like a nurse call that comes in, I'll triage it and decide if it needs to be me going on the call, me and a paramedic or a paramedic and an EMT or two paramedics sometimes. So I'll triage, I'll call them. And then whatever the case, me and the crew take the ambulance and we go. And then if I'm at home, I can either meet them where I live now. I'm really close to our base office. So I can either meet them at the base office or I meet them at the hospital. I get report like I call before I leave my house. I triage and get report on the patient, drive to the hospital. And then from there, we take the ambulance, take the patient. And then they either they bring me back to my house. So or bring me back to my car. They brought me back to my house before because I've been picked up. Like if they're passing my house, I'll just be like, oh, hey, 
you just pick me up because they're gonna usually they'll go look back to the office and that's close to my house so yeah I love that yeah it sounds it sounds just so different it's just not not your typical nursing day so nice because it's like every patient is just individually your patient so you're one-on-one with your patient you really get to know like you're not with them very long but you get to know them in that time frame especially like if they're not intubated like we've I've taken a couple people for open heart surgery who aren't intubated um they're talking and everything and they they're aware that they're of what's like of what's happening um so a lot of it is like keeping them calm and like I always say like there's there's times where laughter is not appropriate of course but just because you're having the worst day of your life does not mean that we can't find one thing that you can like chuckle about or be happy about on that on that transfer it's not all doom and it doesn't have to be doom and gloom like you know there's there's good bright positive spots of like every awful situation so I feel like I appropriately use humor um that comes from being an ER nurse though (laughs) but (laughs) um (laughs) But yeah, it's very, it's, it's nice. And it also, for me, I really like it because there's a lot of autonomy in that. Like you get your orders from, you can get them, you get them usually from the sending hospital. So the hospital that's sending the patient out will get, you can get orders before you leave, get extra medications. And you kind of have to think through like, okay, how long am I going to drive for? Like, how long are we going to be on the road? Do I need extras of this? do I want to give them this before we go? And like, what can I do under my scope and talk to the provider about before we leave? So it's really nice to be able to, you know, have those conversations and think, cause once you leave, it's you and the paramedics. So anything that goes wrong, anything that happens, it is, you have to feel, feel completely comfortable with just right. going out in the world. Yeah. I think, yeah, it sounds like it, it's really a good role for someone who, likes critical care, likes being one-on-one also likes, you know, um, responding to unexpected things, which is kind of more like the ER. I mean, I see you side too, but also someone with good interpersonal skills, because it sounds like, you know, unless your patient is, is not responsive, you, you get that opportunity to really connect. And like at, hearing you talk, I'm reminded of the one time when I was a transported patient, which is when I went into labor with my twins and I went to the hospital where I was meant to deliver, but I was early. I was 31 weeks and, uh, I had called my OB. They sent me into that hospital to get checked. Sure enough, I was in labor and I had to go to the sister hospital because they didn't deliver before a certain, a certain point. And it was a short ride, but still like I wasn't critical patient at all, but just remembering how important, you know, the people riding with me were on a, a day that was maybe not the worst day of my life, but it was certainly a very, very terrifying day really made a big difference. So it sounds like it's a really fulfilling position as well. Yeah. Cause we take a lot of people who are like, they either are in labor and they, they're not even remotely at the hospital that they're supposed to be delivering at. So we'll transport them. Like if obviously if there's time or transport them after to the other hospital. So it's, it's nice because, you know, everything we transport people that sometimes they're just, they're okay. The hospital that they're at just can't either doesn't have the resources or at that moment can't take them and admit them. So uh, we had a lot of that where we would take people that like were fine and I'm air quoting fine. You know, when you think of like what a critical care nurse would see, 
but to me you know they still I was like well let's let's chat like we don't have to just sit and stare at each other (laughs) just commute and even the patients who are intubated I still talk to them and let them know like I'll tell them where we are in the transport and you know hey you know just let you know I'm gonna just you know you're moving around a little bit. Just want to keep you comfortable, just like I would in the ICU. So yeah. I just try to tell people because it is frightening, especially like driving through Baltimore City is probably like the potholes um, in Baltimore City are awful. So like patients that are sometimes they've been they'll like fall asleep and we hit a pothole and they wake up and you're like, you're okay. <laughs> your soul did not leave your spirit. We're just we just hit a pothole. Like we're fine. The ambulance is fine. You're good. Just a little pothole. Yeah. (laughs) And, and to clarify, you can do this with, I don't want to say just, but just your nursing license. It's not because you are also a paramedic, correct? Yeah. Some states and some like third party um, places want you to be both roles where I work. They don't, you don't have to be. I just happen. I am. I actually got my job. Um, I was doing paramedic school ride-alongs with the company and they knew they, I, they, uh, I was talking to the nurse manager about like, oh, well, what qualifications do you have to have? And she was like, we have to be a nurse. And I was like, oh yeah, I am. I was like, I'm also a nurse. Yeah. And I've been doing ER and critical care. And she was like, do you have your resume? And I did. Cause I always keep a paper copy with me when I go places. Cause like, you never know. So I gave it to her and she was like, oh yeah, Hey, we'll put you on a nurse truck for your paramedic school rides. And then if you're okay with it, like, well, that's awesome. Get you in there. But um, yeah, you can just do it with your nursing license because they'll, they'll either, if they want you to become a paramedic, they'll get you set up with either becoming an EMT or a paramedic. And if they're okay with it, they'll teach you everything you need to know. And it's not like an expanded scope because you're under the orders. You either have standing orders from, if you work in a hospital-based system, you have standing orders from the hospital if you work in uh, like a third party, your your orders come from the sending hospital. Mm. So you can do the things underneath because you have an order, you have a provider for everything. And they just make sure that the orders reflect that, you know, things that are titratable are titratable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your PRN medications, they'll actually add orders. Like if you ask like, oh, you know, is it possible just in case this happens? So it's a lot of like, adding to the order set and anticipation of that. Or sometimes the sending providers will send like the standing like transfer order sets. Yeah. That's awesome. It was a lot of learning, but it was like really cool because I didn't even know how much I'd always I saw people do it where I worked and I never knew like you could do it. Right. It's fun. Very cool. Hey friend If you are thinking about applying for jobs in the near future, you know you need to get your resume and cover letter ready to go, right? That's why I created a totally free guide for you, the Resume and Cover Letter Starter Kit. This includes word-for-word scripts for cover letters and your resume's professional summary section so that you can get started off on the right foot. Head to theresumerx.com slash guide to get this gift for free. Again, that's theresumerx.com slash guide to get the resume and cover letter starter kit totally free. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk more about kind of like aftermath from not only getting your certifications, but kind of having this post go viral on a platform that you weren't really posting on much. And now 
I think I saw recently that you have like a top contributor designation um, yeah. on LinkedIn. So I want to know, like, what type of opportunities did that post lead to? It started everything, honestly. So back when that happened, I was still um, pursuing CRNA school. I actually, in the same time that I finished the fifth one, I had had ankle surgery. And then I found out like three weeks after I passed the fifth exam that I had to have ankle surgery again. So it kind of, I had, you know, started, you know, the whole, okay, I'm going to apply to schools and I'm going to start looking, you know, applying. And that kind of changed that, but it opened up the opportunity for while everything's kind of going haywire in our profession currently, it opened up an opportunity for like almost like into a non-official like leadership. And I don't even, I really feel like I just organically post things on LinkedIn. Like I don't post things for people unless I ask like people's opinion because I'm curious. But what I like about LinkedIn is there's so many people that are truly like top of their field professionals, yourself included. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Um, But people that you like, are just these like icons of nursing care or just in healthcare. And they're just like, they're on LinkedIn. And I kind of never bought into the like professional development and like networking, but now I really do. And I try to teach my nursing students like, Hey, networking so important. It opened up a lot of doors. You know, I, I think that if I wouldn't have, I had mentors um, that, kind of like convinced me to share the whole certification thing. And I kind of felt like, who's going to care? Like (laughs) I care, but nobody else does. But I kind of just try to share my passion for like the profession with other people and really like give people a glimpse into like, you have all the letters, but like, I'm a normal person. Like I'm just an everyday average, like person who just likes to work and I like critical care and I'll talk people's you're off about it if they ask me <laughs> but I'm just a normal person and I, like when the LinkedIn people messaged me about when they when they had asked me I thought it was a scam I was just like <laughs> let me look into this and they were like here's some past people that were like talked to and I was like okay and I was like sure sure and then when it was like published I was like oh this is a real thing okay <laughs> and then it was like you know with other like voices and people you know, like talking. And I just kind of was like, oh, okay. Like I'm, I'm in this and it kind of, so it opened up that opportunity and actually LinkedIn opened up the opportunity for the new position that I'm going to be going into. Um, because I never thought of myself as a management person, leadership person. I, I had goals. My goal, my 10 year plan is to be a CNO of a hospital system or like a CEO. I'm not even like shy about it. Like that's, it's always been my goal um, since I started nursing school. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I have no idea. But like somebody, one of my neighbors who was a nurse when I was in nursing school was like, you, you would be a great CNO someday. And I was like, maybe I would. And then from there, I was like, all right, that's the, that's the goal, like the, the long range goal. So I actually, the CNO of the hospital system that I will be working for um, reached out to me and was like, Hey, we have, have you ever thought about leadership? And I was like, no, not, not like, yes, but like, like CNO someday. And he was like, well, how do you plan to start getting there? And I was like, that's a really great, good, good question. 
thinking long range, but not short right in the front. And then he said, well, are you interested in leadership? I was like, I think I still want, you know, bedside experience first. And he said, well, we have 50-50 positions. And I said, Julie, Mm. so I will be the assistant nurse manager in the ICU. And it's a really exciting. I'm a little nervous. I feel like it starts, you know, off things. It's a deviation away from CRNA. But I think with everything that's happening right now with our profession, that's kind of like where we have to be as nurses. When people are offered like the seats at the table and nursing is starting to get, you know, offered those seats, which I see happening in the next like three to five years at least, if not sooner. But kind of like, where do you want to be in that? And I feel like my personality is not... I kind of have a thing. I will never step on anyone else to get to where I am. That's just not who I am. Not that other people are like that, but I, my conscious can't, can't let me like, I have a thing. Like every time I step up, like I have to turn around, like who's, who's trying to get to wherever I am. Like, how can I help them? Because I, that's how I feel. And I feel like nursing needs to like go back to that supportive place. So LinkedIn's been really helpful with that. And I think if the viral post wouldn't have happened, I don't think any of that would have happened or that I would have felt comfortable, like in a professional environment, share their experiences within the the nursing profession and others. I might have not felt as inclined because while I love the people that post on TikTok, like, you know, the dancing videos and stuff, it was like, I never was going to be that person. Like, I already can't, I already have one bad ankle. I fall down, go boom. <laughs> like I can dance, but I am not TikTok worthy. So I kind of thought like, well, what else, where else can I show, you know, the other fun parts of nursing? So it was cool. It also, the whole certification journey led me to meeting the first lady, which was really exciting. Wait a minute. I think I missed that. When did that happen? <laughs> I, so I wrote them. I, okay. So wildly enough, I didn't write the president a letter. I wrote the first lady a letter because she's very big about community colleges. And I started at a community college, but I also, um, I'm a clinical instructor at the community college that I went to. And when I did the certification thing, I kind of was like, okay, I'm going to write to like the people who inspire me and that it means something to me. So I wrote a letter to her and I thought she'll never see it. Nobody will ever mention this. And then on my birthday, and I, I wrote the letter in I think August. And then in my birthday in October, the White House called to invite my husband and I and my nurse manager from the transport company to the presidential town hall in Baltimore. And then from there, I didn't know what we were. I was like, I told my husband, I was like, don't get excited. <laughs> I told my, my, my manager too, I was like, don't, we're going to be like, it's a, I was like, they're just nicely inviting us. Cause I wrote the letter, you know? Yeah. It's going to be a nice thing. You know, we'll be up on the second floor. Don't get excited about it. Don't no. So then Dr. Biden came past us and I was like, Oh, Oh gosh, we get to, Oh, we get to meet her. Okay. And then she, the seat next to me had been open and there were people that were like filling in and they were trying to find seats for, for people because our names were on our chair when we got there, which was so cool. <laughs> um, but other people were just kind of told where to sit. So then the seat next to me had been open and I was like, well, you know, if they're having these seating problems, why don't they just 
so my my chair's open. So then, uh, yeah, the first lady sat down next. She's like, is it okay if I sit next to you? And I was like, it's okay. <laughs> of course it's okay. But I forgot my husband's name. I forgot my name. <laughs> I forgot what I was there for. I was so starstruck. It was a beautiful experience. And then during one of the breaks, Anderson Cooper and the president came over because you know, I'm sitting next to his wife. Right. So we were kind of just chatting about like community college and she was TED taught that day. And I had come from clinicals with my students that day. And then they come over and they're just like chatting. Like we're just normal people having a conversation. I'm like, I'm sitting here with the president and Anderson Cooper. Like That is so, that is like wild. Thing. I was like, this is so amazing. <laughs> it really, really is. And, you know, I think a good thing to point out here is like, that wasn't a result of your viral post or like the publicity that you got from these certifications, like you made that happen. You made the decision to write this letter and, you know, like that's all of it. You made all of this happen, but like, especially things like this, when I think from the outside in people can assume, oh, you know, someone's goes viral and it leads to all these opportunities. Like, I think it's still really important to acknowledge the fact that like, this wasn't happenstance. You you made that happen. And I also didn't even share it to like go viral. It was more like, I'm so proud of myself because I've wanted to do this and I wanted these certs and I finally did it. And like, Hey, everybody, you can do it too. Like, yeah, this is the greatest thing. Like, and it was really awesome. Like there's people that still will make fun of like the long, because my, all of the places that I'm employed got me gifts like they've got my name embroidered on like their jacket essentially. So I have mm-hmm. like five jackets with all the long <laughs> name, which again, like I love, but it's also like, I think the most fun part of it is the patients. Cause they'll ask me like, what's that for? What's that? For? And once I start <laughs> explaining it, they'll be like, oh, okay. I've got the good one taken care of me. And I'm like, no, no. If you didn't have, if they don't have letters, that's fine too. Like right. we're all here, but it's funny because, you know, I have all my work jackets and I found one the other day that just, it literally says KCGRN and nothing else. It was before I had my bachelor's or anything. And I was like, oh, oh, look at how I've grown. <laughs> yes. You've outgrown that jacket and not, not based on the size. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I want to hear more about, you mentioned at the beginning that you have like a business side of things, critical care, Casey, tell me more about what that platform is, what you're doing there, all, all those things. So right now with critical care, Casey, it's, it's a lot of like, I think people think like you have a business idea and they're like, bam, shazam, there's the website, there's the booking, you're making money from it. Boom. And it's like, I'm having a very hard time. Um, It's so critical care Casey is geared towards me mentoring nurses to help them not have such a, it was such a really long journey for me to get to where I was. And if people haven't seen, well, you'll see me on the podcast, but I'm a black woman and it is very hard to bust into critical care nursing. It's also very hard to get into emergency nursing. I was lucky that where I am, it's very diverse because I work in Baltimore City, but you work in Baltimore City, which is a predominantly Black area. I'm from Columbia, Maryland, in the middle of D.C. and Baltimore, if you have no idea where Columbia is. 
I was lucky because it's a predominantly black area, but there's not a lot of like African-American people that work in the critical care units. And I had worked in places where I was the only person of color working there. So I kind of wanted to help nurses of color, all nurses. It doesn't matter if you're black, brown, tan, you'd burn in the sun. That's fine. Everybody I'm here for, but just mentoring people to get them to the positions that they want to be in and like connecting them with other people who can help them. So like, because nobody knows there's so many nurse like creators out there that you don't really know um, how many people there are out there until you kind of like go into that environment yourself almost. Like I didn't know if your resume services until Everett, the Paramers, I had reached out to him like, hey, how, you know, your resume looks great. Like, how can I get that? And he was like, oh, Amanda, she has resumes. And I was like, okay, I'm in. And then I was like, oh, this is like wonderful because you do just more than that. But the aim for critical care Casey is essentially for me to share the wisdom and knowledge. So on socials, I post like little mini lessons and sheets that as a nurse, I feel like I, people do the student nurse ones all the time, like student nurses making sheets for people in school, but as a clinical instructor and nurse and certified, I kind of do it as this is what you need to know when you're a nursing school, but also when you're a nurse. Mm. So I try to do many lessons that way, but then I also tutor nursing students and I try to aim for the nursing students who are really struggling where it's going to be the difference between them passing or not. So I take in students, like if you have failed two tests, like you are my person, like we can get that turned around. And even for the people who I have one person that she had already taken three tests in their semester. So she had improved, but she improved so much that they had let her sit the class again. And she's doing great now. She didn't even need me, but essentially just building up people's confidence in nursing school as well. So it's kind of like, I can't be, I always, I jokingly say to my clinical groups, I can't be everybody's clinical instructor, but like, and I can't be everybody's tutor, but like, I can be that like for more people on social. So that's kind of what I'm doing, mentoring people and, and really like tutoring people. I did not have any money when I was in school, like I'd got scholarships and things. So trying to keep it cost effective is kind of where I'm at. So I started making stickers, which I know, like it's a podcast. So sorry, you guys can't see the sticker, but yeah, I started making stickers. Love it. Like (laughs) stickers and pins and things because it's like, okay, if you support like the critical care Casey, like you're supporting essentially like me not having to charge people obscene amounts of money for like tutoring. Yeah. But it's a labor of love. I really enjoy tutoring nursing students and people that want to get certs. So I'd like sit down with people who have no clue what they want to do. They just know that they want a certification. And I kind of talk to them about their backgrounds and link them to certifications that they can obtain because I look at the list frequently. So there's a certification for everybody out there. Even if you don't work in critical care, there's, there's a whole bunch to choose. from. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I love that. I love, I love what you're doing with your platform. I love that it, you said it's a labor of love. And, and I think that really, that really comes through you, you, you said earlier, whenever you step up, you have to turn around and, and look 
back and look behind you. And I think that's really, um, a powerful sentiment and, you know, it, it really shows through, through your, your actions, not only just in like your regular job, but also the platform you've created. So kudos to you for that. Okay. So you mentioned that you're starting a new job. You mentioned that you kind of have your sights set on hospital leadership in the future. Would you say that that's the next big goal? Like what, what do you want to share with us in terms of big dreams or big goals professionally or, or personally? I think professionally is just kind of like feeling out leadership. I haven't closed the door on CRNA, um, not at all. And I'm kind of feeling out leadership right now. Is it something that I'm like interested in? The opportunities don't come for that as much as, you know, CRNA. Like, I feel like I could go back and work in the ICU and apply. And my passion for it hasn't dwindled any. But I always had competing passions between education, leadership, and CRNA. So kind of having surgery again changed that. Um, And it put in perspective because I had surgery twice in one calendar year because I went back to work and then it kind of put perspective in, especially with everything that's like happening in the profession. But the big goal right now, I actually like started a dual master's in education and leadership. I, I got accepted. I start in May. So right now I'm just kind of feeling out what, you know, that feels like. The master's in education is because I feel like, you know, it's time for me. I always loved education, but it's time for me to learn how to better teach the nursing students that, you know, I interact with and will be interacting with in my new job because I actually also got the job because they were looking for somebody that was very new grad friendly and very like nursing student friendly, very nurturing to people entering the profession. And I was like, oh, that's me. I love, I love <laughs> grad. And actually people from the graduating class that from the school I teach at are going to work under me at the at the hospital. So, you know, just thinking to myself, like, what can I do to further support people as they start the profession and keeping them in the profession? Because like, I don't want people to quit. This is an amazing like there's so many things you can do and you explore and, and it comes after that. So kind of just exploring like that personally, like I just, I am so, I would love to, to at some point in this year, I just want to take a vacation. Like I'm a very much of a workhorse and I don't even know how it's going to happen, but like, I'm hoping that at some point like I can just take a vacation, but professionally I I'm really leaning into, you know, like leadership and like, what does that look like? I don't really do anything 50%. It's like 170% or nothing. So if I lean into something, it's full tilt to see if I really like it or not. Because how do you know if you don't try things? Well, I have loved chatting with you. And I want to know, uh, I want to tell our listeners where they can connect with you if they you know, want to follow you. I think I know what you're going to say, but go ahead and tell us you know, where, where, um, where we can find you and connect with you online. I am very open on every profile. If you just Casey Green me, just look me up. Um, Facebook is completely fine. People message me on Facebook. My profile is like open. Facebook's fine. Hey, KCG is my Instagram. I posted all my education, many tips and things on my personal Instagram. 
So now I'm like trying to figure out how to move all that stuff to Critical Care Casey Instagram, but also LinkedIn. You can find me there. Um, my LinkedIn like link is like the LinkedIn backsplash words Critical Care Casey, and then or you can just look up my name, and you can tell it's me because there's a thousand search. And the, <laughs> the now famous like telepad photo. It's probably gonna be like the thing. Like I'll be like 85, and somebody like I'll. People tag me in articles about me and my, or my dad calls me and he's like, did you see that you were in that, that, that? <laughs> did you see you were in that? And then I'm Googleable. So if you Google Casey Green nurse, apparently I, that's also how you can find me because I'm, I'm, I'm Googleable now. And my dad awesome. literally tells me every day. <laughs> he's very proud of you. <laughs> so proud. Like telling people the grocery store, like, <laughs> hey, I, my mom said that somebody, she was someplace, she was like at getting her blood drawn or something. And somebody saw a picture of her that I posted online and like, you're Casey's mom. And she's like, I am. She's like, critical care, Casey. Like, That's your kid, right? And she was like, That's so cool. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I definitely want people to look you up on LinkedIn because, you know, I kind of talk about LinkedIn a lot because especially for people who are job searching or just networking in general, I think it's a really great platform. And I think that it's hard to get nurses to buy into it because not a lot of nurses are on LinkedIn, which is why if you want to stand out, you should be, but that's, you know, that's a sidecar, but I think that your LinkedIn profile is wonderful and a great way to get to know you and what you're passionate about. You know, your, your posts are always very like thought leadership and poignant and really reflect, you know, what you're passionate about. And I'm inspired by you and happy to know you. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you have found today's episode helpful and you would like to support the Nurse Becoming podcast, I invite you to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash nursebecoming. I appreciate your support. This helps me create more content for you to enjoy and benefit from in the future. Also, would you consider giving me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already? It will truly help other nurses find the show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I can't wait to connect with you soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.